it bursts forward in love and beauty from the divine to give us hope of a future and hope of food and nourishment and the gift of life and beauty and after long winter's night spring comes up to remind us that there is abundance well with the spring energy i thought it would be the perfect time to talk about pregnancy and pregnancy herbs and even new babies and a little bit of postpartum stuff now i am not an expert in this field other than experiences. I have nine children that I have birthed myself. I also trained with some incredible midwives, knowing that at the time I would really never be able to be a midwife. I feel like midwives are called. You don't choose that profession. That is that is a calling. And you either follow that path or you do not follow that path. And with this pregnancy podcast. I want to share with midwives out there some of the tricks and tips that I have from all of the births, the hundred births that I've seen and experienced and heard about. And and really, I would love everyone to tell wonderful birth stories. You know, there is, gosh, for the life of me, I don't have the name on the tip of my tongue, her book, that is about positive birth stories. You hear about a pregnant woman being pregnant and what's the first thing a lot of people do is they want to share a horrible birth story when there are countless wonderful birth stories. So many births, great birth stories. Let's stop terrorizing and medicalizing and making birth a disease. If you'd like to look up the studies, the real studies on birth and childbirth in the free world, it doesn't look good compared to home birth and even third world countries where they birth in a different way, in a sacred way. And yes, it's wonderful that we have medical interventions and medical help, but please let your baby cook as long as it needs to cook. And this prematurely putting women into labor medically is causing devastation in the psyches of mothers, the most powerful women in our society. We are messing with them. And so we have to go back to nature. Yes, we must insist that our birthing experiences are our birthing grounded experiences with ourselves, our child, and the divine. And whatever that means for you in a way that is your responsibility, not mine, not your doctors, not your midwives, not your brothers, not your sisters, not your mom and dads, no one in the clan, nobody. That means if you feel like you are to have a hospital birth or an institutional type birth, then that is what you should do. It doesn't matter if you're surrounded by all the home birthers in your life. You are responsible for that information. It's important for us to be able to take that mantle back on as women. And if you are to have a home birth in a way that is a sacredly prepared birth, you do that and you prepare the music and the vibration of anyone that needs to be at your birth or that you and your baby need to be at your birth. I have had almost no one at my births, and then I have had nobody outside my family at my births. I've had doctors, I've had it in, in the hospital, 
out of the hospital. I actually had three hospital births looking for the perfect birthing situation. And for me, I had the first birth and then the second birth. And then the third birth was a midwife in the hospital, which can be done in Utah. And then after that, I sought out this other experience of sacred birthing that for me was only mine. And so someday I'll tell the stories of that, but it really is important for you to own it. You as the pregnant mama, you. And if you're not conscious enough to own it, then realize you are handing your power over to someone else. And that's okay. I've done that too. And it's important to be able to have trusted people where you feel like, energetically you are going to be cared for because physically you can be cared for in so many ways but it's energetically vibrationally strengthening yourself and your body we cannot eat entertainment food all day long or even once a day and expect our bodies to function normally what is entertainment food Entertainment food are things that are probably packaged, prepackaged, and preserved that we love and we eat them because they're entertainment. And but we know that while we're eating them, they may be giving us feelings of nostalgia or feelings of settling down hunger or emotions that come up with hunger or vibrational things, but they're not giving us any nutrients, right? And I could list a lot of brand names, but you know them. They're not giving us any nutrients. Even the pre-packaged and frozens and chemicals and things and GMO and uh, all of the things that are in there. And, and we have to be, as pregnant individuals, we must be cognitive of our body. And if you're not aware of your body, Let's get in the body. Get in the body by yoga, by stretching, by early morning sunshine and sunset in the eyes and going for walks and moving the body by walking. It actually makes this mechanism recharge by walking kind of like a battery recharging a battery pregnant women it's it's a big deal for strengthening that pelvis and that pelvic floor so that you're able to really hold strong baby and for as long as you need to but you need to be feeding nutrients to your body straight up nutrients and even if you grow your own food I take that back. There are many places you can grow wonderful, beautiful, nutritious food. But for the most part, unless you're growing all of your own food and you know what it is and you're and you're cooking and processing it all, it it just that scenario still begs for herbs to nourish the body. In my in my world because we come from generations of malnourishment. Yes, this this epidemic that we had of obesity and everything in the free world is people starving to death. They're starving to death. It's not that they're ingesting too many calories, in my humble opinion. It's they're starving to death. Yeah, and the body holds on weight as protection because they don't want to die because there's very little nutrients going in. And the same thing with pregnancy. And women who are aware and think, oh, I don't want to gain that much weight during my pregnancy and things like that. Stop it. Just stop there and take that cycle of illness that we have passed down, that mental illness about pregnancy. Ugh take it away because we need to let our bodies do what they need to do how they need to do them and if your body is immediately putting on weight a lot of extra weight or if it's immediately put like swelling up or doing things like that that is a body's response is saying hello we need help we need help growing this baby give us some more nutrients make us strong make us feel better make us feel healthier you are not giving us enough nutrients and so how do we do that because we live in a world of fast foods 
And sometimes we live in this journey of needing this fast food because of our fast life. So so if that's the case or you are on the other side where you grow all of your own, if your body is giving you symptoms that it's not well or strong or healthy in any way vibrationally or physically, you should consider feeding it more nutrients because your body's begging for it. Just begging. And so let me tell you some of my favorite ways, right? Okay, one of the ways to be able to take back your power and feed your body nourishment and nutrition and let your body function how it's supposed to disease is disease it's broken it's infected it's inflamed it's something's wrong functioning the disease but your body knows how to take care of it it does and yes you're still going to have symptoms sometimes but I'm going to give you my secrets for some of my very favorite, favorite herbs for pregnancy symptoms. Because girls, I do not like to suffer. No, I do not. I do not like to see you suffer. So this is a mm, from me to you, generations passed down from my mentors, my beautiful female mentors in this place, including Kay Bullock and Ludi and those others that guided me and my mother and, oh, my mother guiding me through this and my grandmother and her mother and her mother passing down this. And here we go. In case this was lost, this information was lost in a long line of your family. Here we go. I'm going to give it back to you. And here's the precaution. Make sure you know what you're eating and what you're ingesting for your herbs. And a trick is if it's a, if you're able to give it to children, you usually can give it to pregnant women. But there are a few other things like golden seal and black cohosh that are in my pregnancy kit, but they're not used during the first part of pregnancy, maybe only at the end. And you would have to know about those herbs and know that they can cause contractions in the body and know how your body reacts. And so I had nine times to practice and I practiced a lot on my body because that's what I do as an herbalist. When I have a symptom, I go after the symptom because I like vitality and I like to be healthy and strong and I like to be able to do the things I want to do. And so if there's a symptom there, I want it to go away because it's interfering with my fun. And I guess that's it. So here we are. The first thing, if you're going to, if I was going to tell you one thing for pregnant women and if you're preparing to have babies or even if you've had babies and you want to rebuild your body, all of these things apply. All of them apply. And so let's just go with the very number one thing is plants that are deeply full of nutrients and rich chlorophyll that will rock your world. Hello. I got to start out with barley grass and barley grass juice. Oh, how could we ever go again without pregnancy and grasses like the barley alfalfa. I love wheatgrass and oatgrass. Those are awesome too. And I add those in. Yes, I do. But boy, the stars for me, if you're going to get one and two, just get yourself some barley grass and some alfalfa grass. You take some big old heaping tablespoons of it and you mix it with juice or mix it with water. You can mix other herbs in it and mix it up and drink it down every day green vitality. You know, chlorophyll it is the similar makeup and molecular structure as blood. And what does your body do when you have babies? Ah, it produces a lot more blood. Yeah, but if you have been eating entertainment food, your blood may, be not be that, may not be that strong. And that's okay. How do we strengthen it? Even if you still eat a lot of entertainment food, because I've done both. And 
one of the best ways is continuing to bring nutrients into your body. Greens are the number one way. I have, um, I have a formula we call amazing greens because I just love it so much because it just feels so amazing. And I really didn't want to drink what I called swamp water, but I made this formula for another company and they weren't running with it. And all of my friends and family loved it so much that I started to see, oh, magnanimous changes in people that would drink these greens every single day. It's like a multi-nutrient vitamin without the synthetic vitamins. Yeah, can we talk about synthetic vitamins? Would you please just don't do it? Your liver really needs the strength to produce iron, and produce the nutrients to support this baby and these synthetic vitamins that are coming from chemical companies are dangerous and I wouldn't give them to a dog I didn't like. I'm serious. I have to tell you, please, and anything that has sugar and colorings and is made to taste like candy, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's natural companies out there, and I know there's incredible natural considered vitamin companies. But consider that you want to get your nutrients from the food, like like barley grass, like barley grass and alfalfa grass, and you're going to take big spoonfuls of that. And if you are lucky enough to get to grow or have your own or access to fresh alfalfa leaves and young fresh alfalfa leaves and young barley leaves and you're able to juice them or even throw the whole thing yes throw the whole thing in the blender with pineapple juice that's my favorite way to do that including i use comfrey and things like that but that's not most of the free world makes that herb illegal but i did a lot of comfrey during my pregnancies and i the juices and i my body just really reacted well and everybody I know with the greens. And so if you're gonna add one thing to your diet, you add greens. And honestly, if you're under the care because you need to and high risk and the things between you and your caregiver, but it's really you and the caregiver you have chosen, most allopathic medicine doctors will let you take greens and will not let you, that's awful, let you, that's not let you. You they will approve it. You they don't let you or not let you. You this is you have freedom and so you're able to choose for yourself. But most allopathic medicine doctors will endorse you taking some type of greens for sure and really adding that into your diet. The next thing is oils and and things like like flaxseed oils and borage oils and all these plant oils, even evening primrose oils, olive oils, tablespoons of olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, you know, just giving your body a lot of lubrication and a lot of, you know, the joints being able to move because your body has got these hormones raging through them and they're just like so deliciously wonderful creating this baby, but your joints get all like wiggly and and if you don't have enough nutrients, it's, it's like your back goes out all the time or your hips go out all the time. And that's one way I know that I am pregnant <laughs> is my hip goes out. Yeah, because I can tell within a day or two in my last probably five pregnancies that I was pregnant because my hip will whoop all of a sudden be like, whoa, I will need my hip adjusted. And that is just something that happens with my body. And I've had enough kids these beautiful children to be able to tell you my personal experiences. Actually, one of my favorite birth books by midwife is uh, Polly Block's birth book, and it is divine. Oh my goodness. It is just something that is just nourishing and loving and wonderful. And she, along with Dr. Christopher, lived in a time of heresy where they were putting these wonderful herbalists silencing everyone. And so we have to keep their, keep their, their 
love alive and they're they're feeling alive because they have these old books that are just really great, just so awesome. Another one that I want to honor for women is the Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year by Susan S. Weed. Oh, this woman, I have never met her. In fact, I don't know anything about her, but she has changed my life and my ability to take back my responsibility and love of the way of childbirthing and of looking through it and watching my own children go through things with their births and watching my friends and those clients that I was able to attend with other midwives. What a blessing I had with my herbal knowledge to help these people because of wise women herbal for the childbearing years. Susan Weed, you have changed so many people's lives. And this is really, really helpful because it's so important for us to have gentle births. It affects our children. It affects our birthing mothers. It affects our families. It affects our communities. And so those books were really instrumental in my life. I bet you Wise Women Herbal for the Childbearing Years, just, just that one book of hers, and she has so many others. Wise Women Herbal for Menopausal Years. Oh, come on, Susan. These are just divine books, and I love them so much. And even though some of the remedies might not be right for you, they're just so beautiful, and so much love has been put into these books to really cherish and keep this information alive during a time of heresy, really, during a time of people calling this a heresy and saying we need to abolish this and only do medical interventions for births. And so keeping this alive is wonderful. And Ina May at the farm also, that is just really something you might want to look up and their statistics for birthing and keeping beautiful births alive. Okay, let's go back to nutrients and things for it. So let's get yourself some greens, get yourself some really great greens and load up, man. Don't be taking this little teeny a bit. Do you know that like four capsules of greens is, is like equivalent to one table, one teaspoon approximately? So let's say you're going to take a teaspoon of broccoli a day, right? A powdered broccoli. Let's even grind it up, make it more condensed. That's ridiculous. Eat your dang greens. It's an age old thing. Eat them. And if you're like, oh, I eat three salads a day. Yeah. With glassy old salad that is probably doesn't have the nutrients you need to have. Yeah. You need more nutrients. Probably. Especially if you live in a city where you're breathing smog and fall and like particles and your water isn't very pure because even if you filter it it's still this kind of recirculating of sewage and it just is toxic and so you have to really look at the vibration of your where you are and give yourself some support nutrients greens and grab yourself some olive oil, some kinds of olive oil. That's just an incredible way to just really get started. And the next thing, let's go into hormone balancing. And you're like, ah, don't touch the hormones during pregnancy. But there's so many things that you can do. And I have to say that that, that just recently, and I have no idea why, because it's very laughable. And let me try to not get in trouble when I scorn at some of the recommendations from allopathic medicine for pregnant women all over the world for centuries, red raspberry leaves. There has been a downturn of people using red raspberry leaves for women and for pregnancy, usually because they're on other some other medications. And for that, okay, I'll give that one to you. But if there's no other synthetic medications, we need to really investigate the red raspberry leaves in the ability to help these women carry pregnancy full term and have strength in their uterus so that they have less medical interventions, so that they ha they're able 
to get through pregnancy. So I see it recommended in all the old books and things as a daily thing. And it is a thing of nutrients. It's a tea. And red raspberry, when it's powdered, it it's kind of fluffy. It's just like fluffs up. And so it's kind of hard to capsule. It's really one of those herbs that mm, loves water, 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 water. And so red raspberry leaves loves to like soak up water and you get a lot of nutrients out of the plant. And then you pour out this beautiful tea and you can sweeten it with honey and put lemon in whatever you want to do it. Do just put a gallon of it in your fridge and just drink away. Or you can make a tincture out of it where you can go to herbu.org and you can look up how to make a tincture there for free. And there's a lot of other incredible herb sites out there now teaching with incredible herbalists teaching you how to make tinctures and you can make your own tincture. And I made my own tincture with the main ingredient being red raspberry leaves and then nettle leaves and then alfalfa. And that is an age-old formula just by itself for getting minerals into the body because alfalfa, if I didn't mention, hello, alfalfa has almost every nutrient and mineral that's in your body and mine. Yeah, really, really cool, super cool. I write about it in my book, Top 40 Herbs of North America. From my understanding at this time, alfalfa is kind of on the warning list as to be made illegal to be used in the United States and some free countries because I don't know why, but there must be some reason. Anyway, but until then, let's just, and even when that, if that ever happens, we can grow our own alfalfa and we can ingest our own alfalfa and we, if we want to. It is something that my ancestors used. My mom used to have alfalfa tablets. We used to have alfalfa tablets or alfalfa powder and that, that's the vitamins she would give us. She wouldn't always give us multivitamins, even though she was kind of a vitaminist, but she would give us all of these other things like liver tablets and alfalfa tablets tablets and things like that for nutrients because they really helped her and that's what she that's what she used and so alfalfa is used just so wonderfully for bringing nutrients into the body and even for babies for older people for animals oh yeah animals love it you see animals naturally eating grass and stuff like that i have found that eating greens getting really on a great regimen of greens helps me alleviate nausea symptoms during my pregnancies it was something that i found on my on my fourth or fifth sixth pregnancy where if I did greens, if I kept up on my greens, then the nausea would go away. But but it, once I threw up the greens, then it was hard to get greens down again for a while. I had to get that nausea completely down. And so talking, going back to the nausea, that is something that I always use ginger. And ginger studies up the wazoo about nausea. Hello for years and years and years. Here's one, 2000. 2001, effective for relieving, I'll say symptoms, I'm going to add that word, the severity of nausea and vomiting of pregnancy with no adverse side effects effects of ginger on pregnancy outcome was detected. So safe, helpful, wonderful ginger, incredible. My, my um, way of ingesting ginger for it was ginger candy or preserved ginger. I would eat lots of that preserved ginger, kind of the orange stuff. I would go down to the Asian markets and get those. And then I, but my, my instant way was to take four ginger capsules and put them beside my bed. And if I had severe morning sickness, I would have a glass of water there and I would just put my head up and take the capsules drink the water, lay back down until my capsules would break in my stomach. And then I would feel like a warming sensation. And then I felt like I could get up. And that, and if I could keep ahead of the nausea, then I could keep it away. And then I could go do my greens and take the alfalfa and the barley and the red raspberry that are instrumental in 
helping the body build another body and keep your body from from stealing all the nutrients from your bones and tissues and and hair and nails and everything that and teeth come on you pregnant women you are like these special pods that are incredible that we must feed these nutrients to and care for them so if you have a pregnant woman around you go get her some greens and some raspberry tea leaves and and see if that is something that would be helpful for her and even make it into a tincture i love the tinctures the tinctures are so helpful for me i i was teaching a class during my ninth pregnancy and i was it was i hadn't had another pregnancy a pregnancy for seven years and it was a little bit of a surprise and we love her and she's wonderful and it was such but the wonderful thing about it is i knew a lot about herbs but i was older well into my 40s and i really needed nutrients and i was teaching a class and i started to go into labor and i was about five months along and i know what labor feels like and this was not braxton hicks i felt labor so i went into my office i sat down i opened my tincture bottle of we called it balancing and it's the the main ingredients are red raspberry and alfalfa and nettle and I took it and I would just I drank it I drank about an ounce of it and then I would then my symptoms would stop and then I drank it again and my symptoms would stop and I actually finished up the class went home gave myself bed rest for a little bit a a lot more of my nutrients and my that premature labor went away and did not come back so for me that was the herbs were super helpful in me keeping a healthy baby really super super healthy Uh, you know because my body had gone through so many pregnancies already but also I was a lot older and um, maybe hadn't been taking care of my body that much. Um, before I move on from nutrients, let's talk about barley. Get yourself some barley and eat barley. Cook it like you're cooking your mm, like rice or your grains and eat it in substitution of other things, especially if you're feeling weak and you want to feel stronger because you know we have a lot of evidence and i write about it in my book about barley just strengthening the body and strengthening soldiers strengthening warriors it's it's just one of those things if you want to get your strength back back get yourself some barley and some barley juice or barley grass okay let's talk about some other things with the pregnancy. We talked about nutrients and kind of balancing hormones. You know, so many things help the body balance hormones and and help affect it. And the ginger even helps settle things down. And uh, let's, let's talk while we're here on ginger about digestion. The alfalfa helps, the barley can help with symptoms. Catnip, catnip is great. And you ought to have some on hand because if your baby has colic symptoms, Catnip is an age-old thing that, you know, making catnip tea and and for colicky babies, I just made tinctures out of it and teas, and we love catnip. And it's wonderful for pregnant women, too, and digestive symptoms. Chamomile, ugh. Chamomile is used in many Hispanic cultures during pregnancy, especially right after childbirth. And it's to help with the shock. It's to help with symptoms associated with tightening up tissues again. It's help, it helps settle down the mother, the baby. It helps settle down the father, the children. It, it, is, um, it is called manzanilla, and I hope I'm saying that right. And I learned about it because I had a midwife that mostly had Hispanic client, clients, people that couldn't speak any English. And I was always sent in to go get some manzanilla in the kitchen. And it is good old-fashioned chamomile. Grow it, get it fresh bulk, put it through your French press or your coffee maker, make it, oh, you can get beautiful tea bags 
get chamomile in your life. It's beautiful, wonderful, great for digestive things. Fennel teas or tinctures. You can do garlic. Interestingly enough, fresh garlic can help with like digestion and settling things down in stomach aches. Ginger. I went, I talked about that. That should be, you know, always top of the list. That's the first thing I go for. We carry ginger capsules everywhere. We would go to amusement parks with my children and we would all take ginger, ginger ahead of time because we were eating lots of entertainment food and going on lots of rides. So we're putting our stomach up into our throats. Not me usually, because I was usually pregnant and happy to stay with the nursing baby or the pregnancy because... I did not like those rides very much. Anyway, so another thing is peppermint. Let's go high on peppermint. My mother always had peppermint tea, always quarts of peppermint tea, sweetened with local honey in the refrigerator all the time. Upset stomach, peppermint tea. Can't sleep, peppermint tea. Need to wake up in the morning, peppermint tea. Yeah, try it. It's delicious and wonderful and so nourishing for your pregnant body. Talked about red raspberry. Let me talk to you about slippery elm bark. Ooh, slippery elm bark. You need to have some of that in your herb cupboard. It is incredible. It's this fluffy, wonderful, mucilage-ish, if that's a word, herb that you mix with water. And if you mix just a little water, it kind of makes pudding-ish. But if you mix it with a lot of water, it's like, it's kind of slippery and you drink it down and it's so nourishing for the whole body and system. You can give it to your animals, you can give it to your senior citizens, you can give it to your babies, you can put it on wounds, you can heal uh, heal so many things with a slippery elm bark. There are so many things. And it cannot be really, really overstated how important this plant is for us, especially in all of our historical use of this plant throughout the years, the plentifulness of it, I write about it extensively in my book, Top 40 Herbs of North America. So look that up along with red raspberry, peppermint, ginger, all of those. But really slippery elms is really great there. For discomfort during pregnancy and after childbirth, this is a tricky thing. Because we cannot talk about the word pain here because it doesn't really apply because there's so many layers of experiences that are going through on during this birth. And if you've never experienced it, you've never experienced it. So helping with pain of childbirth is irrelevant and un not a question that we're really having here. It's really more of a discomfort and working with the body and i am not saying childbirth is not painful please i've had nine children and watched a hundred births or more yeah i'm just saying we might want to look at it in another way rather than numbing out the whole experience going into the experience and one of the ways that I helped with the discomfort of birth was when I birthed laying down and I had to push that baby up over and was in stirrups, had to push that baby up over my tailbone. Hello, no wonder I needed pain meds. That's ridiculous. Who taught that? Why are we still doing that? That's ridiculous. Can I say that that is a violent birth for the mother and for the baby and it only only inconveniences the provider that's catching that baby that catcher i if you get in a different position oh but i have to say please you doctors you physicians you birth care providers think of gravity women childbirth demand your way of birthing get a birth chair. I have an upside down, it's, it's, a, it's an upside down chair where I am able to go upside down and, and stand on my head, but I'm not on my head, I'm on my shoulders. And I don't know what it's called. And it's an inversion chair, but it has padding and handles. And I said, man, when that, when my daughter gave me that, I thought this is the perfect birth chair. 
if I needed to sit down, this is the perfect birth chair. And there's so many different ways. There's birthing in water. And please don't tell me the dangers of it because you haven't researched if it really is a something for you. And you just have to choose and, and make these decisions for yourself. I never had a water birth. I dreamed of water births. It was never for me. I could never pull it off. And so your birth has to be your birth in the position. And sometimes somebody holding you under your arms and you're squatting. And the the catcher has to get under you because, hello, no one is birthing your baby but you. You're birthing that baby. And so we got to work with gravity, people. If you want to get this discomfort to stop tearing the crap out of your body, let's work with gravity and stop having us. When I started working with gravity the the vessels in my the blood vessels in my face stopped breaking every time i'd have a baby i would just have these red blood vessels break on my face and when i started working with gravity it started to settle down that response where i had to use every part of my being and my recovery was better and so let's let's think about gentle birthing not only for the child which is vital but also the mother as being vital also. Yeah, let's think about that. We need to, we need to talk about chamomile or manzanilla before, during, after childbirth like I did for discomfort, red raspberry tincture, valerian, and also wild lettuce is considered poor man's opium. Now these are herbs and things that you would use all the time you where it would be white willow bark or or something like that that would you would use for normal discomfort or ginger something for discomfort already what would you go to would you go to feverview because that's been used and st john's wort's been used for symptoms of discomfort so what do you already use and is it safe for pregnancy and usually if you go through the historical books they'll be able to tell you. There are so many things on the mainstream search engines that have been taken off and that they're saying are dangerous for pregnant women, but yet we've been using them for thousands and thousands of years. I think it's irresponsible. I think it's neglectful. I think if you are a childbirth provider, then you provide for the female experience also and let Gaia and the divine come in and help her feed her body and nourish her body in a way that it needs to be nourished to have a healthy baby, to have a healthy mother, to have a healthy community. These violent births have to stop. They must end. And we end that by knowledge. We end the knowledge of, oh, I can take this back. I can take back my responsibility. And yes, I can, I can have people there that I trust. And even at the last minute, if I'm feeling uncomfortable as a pregnant, beautiful being, you can pull back and not have that person be there. I did it. I did it personally myself. I had my birth planned and I had a midwife that I knew and I loved dearly, but I somehow felt like it wasn't right. And so at 11.45, 11.30, my husband says to me, do you think we should call the midwife? Now I've had a couple surprise births before this where the midwife was late, but we'd never really planned it ourselves. And I kind of knew it would kind of worry my husband because he was an incredible birth partner and support but he never wanted to be responsible because he didn't know that part. So he became the most incredible birth partner ever. And someday I'm going to write a book on how wonderful he was and how wonderful and how you all, all you birth partners can learn and take care because he wasn't always that way. In the beginning, he didn't know. And he just learned baby after baby. And it just became so beautiful. It just became, and my children, the, my older children, and they knew how, what to do and be there. And so my older children delivered my, my, the younger ones. And really, it was something that was just being, being a, be, having the right energy there for your 
birthing experience is so important. And so, so at 1130 at night, my sweet husband says, do you think we should call the midwife? And I said, I don't want to. And he said, ah, oh, I knew you were going to say that. I was kind of midwifing myself and I had talked to my older daughters about it and they were ready and we had a beautiful baby and it was wonderful and I got to stay home and had this incredible, beautiful experience. And it was my responsibility and I was there and I was present with it. And it, but to this day, I still don't regret doing that. Please take the freedom to control the energy that happens with your birth. And all of you, all of you birth support out there, if you're not invited to the birth, if you don't make it to the birth, if you're asked not to come to the birth, you need to back off in a big way. This ain't your baby. I don't care if you're the mother, the mother-in-law, the anything, a best friend, partner, sperm donor. I don't care if you are not invited or if you miss it. You need to go with the flow that that mother and that baby needed that moment. Please let them have it. I'm going to, all of you that are, have birthing centers or, or birthing facilities throughout the free world, I'm, I'm asking you and asking you pregnant women to require loving, peaceful moments with your child after the birth so you have the connection, the eye connection to your baby. Don't let them put stuff in your baby's eyes so that that baby cannot see you and connect that 12 inches from your breast to your eyes. Let that baby have that connection so that child will feel tethered to the divine. Always let the baby feel connected and connected in. And the rest of you support people that want to hold and take that baby. Let the mother give it to you when she needs a break, but you stand back and never come between what is happening between the nucleus of the family, the nucleus of the mother, the partner, the children, yes, the children in that family already. And then the rest of you are outside the circle, providing for them, even providing for them things around them that help that nucleus stay good and whole and heal. And if you want to know the best thing you can do for this nucleus and this incredible thing that is happening in this woman's body and to this baby, you let them stay home. They're in a sanitized, not sanitized, like chemical sanitized, uh, come on, like vinegar, baking soda, like not chemical, you know, come on, it's natural stuff. I mean, not sanitized like that. I mean, sanitized to her environment. So it's the mom's environment. So the mom and the baby are already used to this environment. So you take lots of things are theirs and she's able to stay together naked, chest to chest, get that baby as naked as possible, always by that mommy for a long period of time. And even the baby and the children connect, bond energetically. Come on, this may sound crazy to a bunch of you, but this is real friggin' science. Bonding. Let's do it. Let's bring it back. Let's do all of those things to help the body heal and to help these communities heal and let that mom and baby energetically, vibrationally heal. And I'm here to tell you, we'll have less postpartum symptoms, problems with babies in the hospitals, problems with mamas in the hospitals, separation of extreme inducements of labors where the babies have to stay separated from the nucleus of the, the family and the environment for long periods of time with chemicalized 
food. This is a practice that should be rare and it should not be as common as it is. Yes, there are emergencies and I am not practicing medicine without a license, but take your responsibility back. Those of you that are lucky enough to be the support system of this incredible experience of this nucleus family as it grows up and we support our communities and our tribes, feel blessed and loved that you're a part of it. Support this mother and child and experience in a way that we did in ancient times, honoring this privilege of bringing forth life rather than treating it like it's a disease. And if your sweet loved one has chosen to do a home birth or a birth someplace you're not comfortable with, it's not your choice. Do some more research on your own, but it is their choice and their journey regardless. Let's support these beautiful women who are pregnant, trying to get pregnant, going through all of these things of the fertility of their life, going through this experience of even being fertile and going through the birth controlling experience and non-birth control and all of these things that women go through. Let's support a more natural healing way. And I am going to have to come back for part two. Thanks for joining me on the Herb Mom podcast. Let's take back our power. Let's really love our bodies and then our choices are ours. Thank you. Blessings to all you Herbies out there. Go get them.